0: riled up now. Oh my gosh. What's up, everybody? This is Gratitude Unfiltered. I am your host, Joshua T. Berglund, and I'm pissing vinegar right now. Okay, I get to say something I'm grateful for now. Hmm. What am I grateful for right now? I'm grateful that I had an amazing afternoon. I'm grateful that the sun's out right now, and I actually got some sun on my bald head. I'm happy about that, but I'm pretty feisty right now. For some reason, for the last six, like six times in the last three weeks, or something insane, Facebook has limited my ability to like, post, or share. And it's saying it's because of suspicious activity. What the heck? Like, what is going on? This is madness. So it's, it's like it's completely screwing with me. Like this is really tempting me to just go to YouTube directly and say, screw you, Facebook. Gosh. Okay. I get to breathe now. I'm fine. I promise. I'm excited about our guests, but I'm still pissing vinegar, which also means that I'm feeling better. Because the last three days, i got to be honest with you. I've just like been dragging butt. I actually took – I almost took three naps yesterday. That's how I was feeling. And I had a show to do. And the only reason I didn't take the third nap is because I had a show I got to do. And this always makes me happy. Like, I love doing it. I really do. So I would had to kind of rah, growl a little bit. And by the way, this is gratitude unfiltered. This is not namaste. This is not home. Uh, oh, no, that ain't that kind of gratitude. We get <laughs> sometimes on this show, we get a little feisty. Anyway. So I'm really excited about our guests, and I want to give a shout-out really quick to PSTV. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Um, radio audience, podcast audience, thank you guys for supporting the downloads. The show is growing. Like, every week, it's just getting bigger and bigger. So thank you, radio and podcast audience. What's up, Samantha? Um, also, want to give a shout-out to Facebook, the audience, not the actual company. The, uh, the actual company of Facebook can go fly a freaking kite. They're terrible. anyway restricting videos restricting likes just I want myspace back someone someone come up with myspace please like bring myspace back I want to have a musical profile and I want to have a top eight friends I want to I want to do it all over again I want to go back 20 years ago whoo I'm telling you I'm feeling better too I'm feeling feisty today this is good because I'm, I'm, I like this. I like feeling better <laughs> than I felt before, and I'm a little wound up, and it's also Friday night. I have an amazing guest. I had the privilege of being on our guest show uh, like two days ago on Bubble Talk. It's a really fun show. I don't know if she normally talks about the things that we talked about, <laughs> but we went there, and now she's on Gratitude Unfiltered. Really quick, uh, Lisa Walker, all the way in London, 1.50 a.m. It's past your bedtime. Shale Rector, good to see you, my friend. Thank you guys for joining the show, radio audience, podcast audience, and PSTV audience. You can come over and check out the show at facebook.com/slash Gratitude Unfiltered, and you can join the conversation with these lovely, amazing people. All right, our guest, Tony Rodriguez, is not your. T- you're, she's fifty years. God bless fifty. Man, she's a total babe, too. And I mean that respectfully. I had no idea she was 50. Tony Rodriguez is not your typical 50-year-old woman. She is actually far from typical. As an entrepreneur since the age of 27, she has created a multitude of businesses, ranging from creating one of the most successful competition dance teams in Houston in the early 90s to her latest embarkment, which is the creation of her Stretch Your Lifestyle brand, SYL, is a mindset that includes stretch videos, blog, podcast, and live show streaming. Did I mention she is a Century 21 realtor? She is extremely comfortable with the idea you can do and have it all. It's evident by the way she lives. Uh, so, guys, I, I, this woman is amazing. We've become friends pretty fast, and uh, just, a, just a terrific human So, I think you guys are gonna really enjoy this, but I want you guys to really quick, shout out where you're from, also, I want you to plug your businesses so you guys can network. So do that here in the comment. Emily, sister, good to see you. Uh, You guys ask questions. Our guest is freaking terrific. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, badass woman. And that is not a curse word. I don't owe $5. (laughs) Tony What's up, Tony?
1: Hey, you guys. How are you? Oh, I'm
0: feisty today.
1: I can see that. Wow. What a (laughs) pre-start introduction, Joshua. I'm not even sure what to say after that. I do need to clarify something. I'm now with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. I'm no longer with Century 21. You know, we don't have to go there. We're all in real estate around here and we all know that it was just a better fit for me at Berkshire Hathaway. So that's where I'm at now. So I'm excited to be here. Joshua, you are amazing. You're amazing. All
0: right. Samantha, you're in my backyard? Oh yeah, you're in LA, that's right. Yeah, Um, that's
1: that's my girl,
0: that's my girl in LA. (laughs) She's an amazing, amazing human being. Actually everyone here that I can see right now is an amazing human being, but again, you guys shout out your businesses, uh, where you're from, you guys network, love you guys, I really appreciate the support. Tony, let's get into this. Let's do it, let's do it, I'm ready. I don't know what it is, so here's the deal, like usually if I connect with somebody right away, it's because there's some type of, there's a, there's a level of trauma or there's a level of, of hell that somebody has been in and I can sense it. So like there's an immediate, yeah, you're a survivor. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, But still kind of keeping it at an arm's distance. I've had the privilege of getting to know you, but I want to know about that dark time in your life because I know how you live your life now. You're
1: going straight for the jugular, aren't you? I
0: I know how you live (laughs) your life now. I know what you're about. I know who you be. I know your heart but that heart didn't come off freaking picket white fences and lily flowers. No, and sir. So tell me about that time in your life, that time in your life that just sucked wow. that you can look at now and go, I am so grateful it happened.
1: So, uh, probably 15 years old, I had a dance mentor named David Mitchell that died of HIV. And, um, he just, he was my world. He was my choreographer for a musical um down at the tower theater down off westheimer um i was playing grizabella which was one of the leads of cats and he was my world he was everything he he taught me not he didn't teach me dance he taught me how to be a star and how to be a light and how to shine and had so much incredible faith in me and i noticed him looking different and being very pale and sickly and i and I was young and I lived a very sheltered life. I had two incredible parents who were just so uh, indicative of like the perfect marriage and um, grew up Catholic and just, you know, we're all about supporting our kids and we're all family, this incredible family unit. But this man was just such a tremendous light in my life and I watched him dim, literally watched him dim and then one day he just poof, disappeared. And I saw his subs come in and I started asking my mom, like, well, where did Mr. Mitchell go? And my mom's like, he's sick, he's just sick. And I, I'm thinking flu sick, you know, I'm young. And I didn't realize at the time that he was HIV positive and that he was very sick. And um, I never saw him again. And a few months later, my mom said he's in the hospital, we're going to visit him, he's asking for you. And it was so traumatic for me to not understand any disease, much less HIV at a very young age. And I was like, what he's, what do you mean? He's going to get better, they're going to give him medicine, he's going to be better. And he's going to get back into the, you know, the choreography and back into the musical. And I, I never saw him again, I literally the last time I saw him was in a wheelchair at the performance at the night that I did my show. And he died six weeks later. And and I didn't get to say goodbye. I never saw him. He died alone in a hospital room. Uh, My mom visited him and it was just it was so traumatic. And there started my fears of being abandoned. And I didn't know about this until later, far later after being married 17 years to my second boyfriend, by the way. um, And being blindsided with uh, promiscuity and him cheating. And I mean, I just, I, you know, I, at this point in my life, I just thought, okay, that was a little setback, but now this is reality. I'm here with two children and I'm going through a divorce. And by the way, I've never spoken about this, Joshua, thanks, (laughs) but I adore you. And uh, you've gone there with me and we've gone there off camera. And now I'm definitely going to go there with your audience. Thank you. I was I was blindsided I I was left shredded after my divorce and um, I I couldn't understand the idea of infidelity um, and it was it was shocking it was ugly there was nothing pretty about it and uh, growing up Catholic um, we didn't have divorce in our family so I was kind of feeling like I'm the black sheep of the family because I wanted not to be married anymore and so that started yeah that started the whole identity crisis i thought i was going to be married for the rest of my life honestly and so now i'm single i'm in my 30s i have two children what am i going to do i i just felt lost just incredibly lost and from there i lost my grandmother to breast cancer i lost my aunt 42 to breast cancer my mom went through two bouts of breast cancer i thought i was going to die of breast cancer i mean it was just one thing after another. It was very tumultuous. My thirties was a horrible. I mean, people say thirties are your prime. It was a really horrible time in my life because I felt like every time I turned around, I was getting attacked by another, another part of the devil. Honestly, and um, and I think the icing on the cake for me is my sixteen-year-old son was driving an automobile that was t-boned by a drunk driver and his best friend died in his arms and um on halloween night my son was 16 and they'd been best friends since they were five so i felt like i lost a son and um five days later i was hit uh going to the hospital to visit my son and um was bedridden for three months and thought i would never walk again so at this point, I'm like, okay, between the divorce, losing amazing people in my life, my son's accident, losing a child, now I don't know if I'm gonna walk again. God, what's, what is happening to me? There's my darkness. I I, I didn't really know how to be, or ex- I was existing. I felt like a, just a body and it was through Friends, family, my mom is an incredible, uh, she is one of those empathic lights who is very spiritual, who said, um, I'm not going to cry with you. I'm not going to be sad for you because you are a woman of faith. And this is when your faith needs to kick in. So kick it in. And basically kick me in the teeth. She didn't cry with me. She didn't hug me. She didn't give me what everybody else was giving me. And I was just sucking it sucking it because i needed it and i thought that's what i needed but what i really needed was that that kick in the teeth of this is where you know a lot of people walk the walk now it's time to really walk the walk.
0: yeah
1: and um i just i talked to god 24 7 and i just said if you will let me walk again i will run and i have been running for over 10 years i'm a runner because I had a doctor told me, I'm not sure you're going to run again. You're going to walk. Don't worry. We're going to get you to walk. But I'm not sure you're going to run again. And I've been running for over 10 years. Not only am I running at 51, I, I still dance. And I dance full out three times a week. And I decided at that point when, uh, when I left physical therapy on the day I could walk that six weeks from then I would run my first half marathon. And I did it. And that's when I realized if I can overcome what I just overcame, I can do just about anything.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was, it was a miracle. I, I I vividly, you know, you talked about something on my show. You said that you've talked to God and you've made promises. I've made a lot of promises to him and uh, I've kept every single promise. And, you know, a lot of people see me and they, you know, I don't wear a cross and I'm not like, you know, this big, like, jump around and push people to follow my religion or whatever but i am a person of faith my kids know it my family knows it. people around me who are very close know it and i was like what you realize is that i'm not just this one person i there's there's a lot around me there's a lot around me i'm proud of it i walk it when there are days and you and I both know that you don't want to wake up or you don't want to get up and go to the gym or I don't want to do what I need to do I do it because I know that it's him through me mm-hmm. and so that's all I can say I mean that's all my all my darkness my son still suffers from a lot of um, of mental stuff from the accident a lot of vic- victims guilt um, He's 25, he's brilliant, he's a beautiful soul, a beautiful heart, but it, it, it like to destroy him. Um, I, you know, I'm still single 17 years later. Sounds crazy, but it kind of, I'm still trying to find my way in the whole process of who I am and is there someone out there for me? And am I settling? Am I not settling? Are my expectations too high? Do I think too highly of myself? I mean, I'm still trying to figure that out. Is it me that every relationship doesn't seem to work out? I mean, there's still a lot of things that are questionable in my life, but I definitely feel like now I've taken all of that negativity and everything bad in my life and, um, and I've run with it. I just I just accept it. And I tell people, you know, there's nothing probably that you can tell me that will shock me, or freak me out, so to speak. Um, I used to freak out now I'm calm. Because it's just, you know, it's life. And it's not always pretty. So that was pretty.
0: So let's let's segue from that. Because I I, I, because the, the point of that question is, that is horrific, all of it. And I, there's some things I want to unpack in that and what you've talked about. But you really are living your life in a manner that you're showing that you're actually looking at these moments and go, you know, I'm grateful it happened. It may hurt, but I'm grateful this happened because now you're using it for good in a lot of sure. different ways. Talk about that. Share. Get into that a little bit about how you shifted from all of this pain. Mm-hmm. That you went through all in a short window of time, too, mind you. That reminds me of my seven, my, my, when I was seven years old. Like, that's when my trauma happened. Yours happened in my 30s. Mm-hmm. But talk about that. I mean,
1: I honestly felt like I lived the perfect picture life, like my husband, and I had the house and the pool and the, the big salary, and I had a successful business. I really thought I was living the life in my
0: 30s. But talk about the shift, like when yeah. you decided. This is no longer happening to me. It's going to happen for me and I'm going to use this now for good. Right. Talk about that shift with people and how you did it.
1: Well, that came later. That came later because when you internalize a lot, it manifests later on through other areas of your life. And I noticed myself being very short and being very angry and lashing out and People saying, wow, you know, bipolar, like all these things started coming up. And I thought, what's happening here? So I, I did. I talked to a few therapists. And what I realized that I had this incredible fear of being abandoned. And I didn't know that. And it started very young with my mentor. And then apparently through my marriage and other relationships, a fear of someone leaving me. So what I did was I turn to my faith and realize that God would never leave me he would always be there for me 24 7 any time of the day I close my eyes he's right there I can see him I can feel him and that I would never leave myself so between those two entities I established a security that I'd never felt till well after my 30s I mean there were times where I could not sleep I had these weird manifestations of choking I would cut peas and cut beans and cut grapes. And my family could tell you she had this weird thing about I was afraid to die and choke and feel like nobody was ever gonna be there for me. And it was through years of therapy and and really soul searching and my faith that I realized I will never be alone. And I think that's where, well, I don't think, I know that's where my strength comes from. Because I know no matter whether I have a significant other or not in my life, I can rely on me, I am one strong hell of a woman. Not only am I strong, my God is so much bigger than this. I mean, he is amazing. And so when I feel like I'm having a weak moment or I can't do, he's there for me. And he's like, hey, quit feeling, no more pity party, get out of bed, do what you gotta do, get your ass in the gym, ooh, sorry, butt in the gym, go do what you gotta do, go shine Tony Rodriguez and do what you gotta do. Yeah. And I and, and it's my close relationship with my God and my close relationship with myself that gets me through every possible scenario. I have my parents very ill right now. You know, I was talking about this on the show the other night I had Thomas really sick. My son had influenza A and he was on another part of the house. I mean, things that would drive most people crazy. And I was like, I was okay. And I knew I would be okay. Because of myself and because I have God. And I I really believe when you are in alignment and we talked about this and focused and just every day you're just you're just I mean, stepping right along, if that makes any sense at all. That I, I don't stand still. I always make sure every day I'm stepping forward in my relationships with my friends, in my business relationships, in my in my attitude, because it's not always pretty. You yeah. and I both know that. I mean, there are days where we're like, can I, can I keep this schedule up?
0: Yeah, but the thing that you, you said that's really important there is that you keep stepping. Like I talk about is a theme of the show is to do something every day to stretch your faith, because that's where you really get to see God work in your life. Test him. Test him. He loves it. Take that leap of faith. Do what you feel led to do, even when it doesn't make sense. Sure. It, I love so I love that you're saying that because it's well so- and,
1: and and when people tell me that their life's perfect and amazing or go try to come off that way it's almost cynical I mean, made me it's my cynicism I'm not sure but I just know real people we have real issues and real strife and nobody's perfect you know and and I think that's why I love so many people now more so than I ever did in my 30s because it was so tumultuous but now in my 50s I just I am open-armed to so many people because I love human beings and I love their stories and I don't judge them and I just feel like everybody deserves to be hugged and everybody deserves to be loved and given the benefit of the doubt even though I should probably have some major trust issues I have worked really hard not to have those anymore Um, but I did I'm not gonna lie. There were times where I just thought every guy that approached me was like, what do you want? (laughs) What do you want? You want to suck me dry? You know, you want to like just drain me. Uh, And it was really a nasty time in my life. But now, you know, I'm 51. Um, I, I love being my age. I really love who I am. I feel like I'm way smarter than I was in my 20s and 30s. Um, I think I'm like stronger physically i think i'm capable of so much more i think my love capacity is grown enormously i think uh if i ever were to meet my significant other it would would be my forever person because i'm i'm just not um in a place anymore where i'm testing the water i already know what kind of tea
0: i like to drink so to (laughs) speak So, let me ask you something. So how are you using your spiritual gifts for other people currently in your life?
1: You know, I think I inspire people every day by um, my words of encouragement. I don't think I actually talk about God per se, but I know that he knows I'm working. He's working through me. Um, when I motivate someone who says, you know, Tony, I, I, I can't get in the gym, I'm just not motivated. For me, those are words of I'm lost. Sure. So I translate it a different way. Or um, when I have someone that walks into my life just recently in the last 24 hours that says, you know, I'm just, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I don't know what to do anymore. It's it's seeing that person and feeling a tremendous amount of compassion and then saying, you know what, I'm gonna give you a little break. Mm-hmm. Here, let me make a meal for you. or I'll pick you up from work so you don't have to take the bus. Or how about Sunday? You come over, I'll make us brunch. Or that for me, those are that's just God's work. It's not, I'm not thinking about I'll probably be exhausted on Sunday because I'm showing houses all day Saturday and working at the dance food. I don't think about myself. It's when you become selfless, and before you think about yourself, you just open your mouth and commit that's when you know you're doing God's work because it comes so natural and it comes so easy and you become secondary you're no longer it's no longer about your life you know what I mean it's his life and it's he's using you as an instrument and I'm I just I really sometimes feel like an incredible instrument
0: I want to go back to um, your mentor um, your dance coach, the one who passed away from HIV. Mm-hmm. I know that you are involved with an organization there in Houston.
1: I am, I am. Please I you, let me talk about it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I want you um, I want you to talk about that, but I want you to talk about first what you've learned in your time working with the HIV community, with with that organization, with, in, or out, in or out of the, that organization in Houston you're working with, but I want you to talk about what you've seen as far as progress, sure. talk about stigmas, just talk sure. about the experience of someone who doesn't have HIV, what it's I, like to work in that community.
1: I wanna say about six months ago, I had no clue. I wanna be honest about that. Um, I thought it was a, a gay community's problem. Uh, I always knew that my mentor had passed and I was traumatized by the event, but I didn't really truly understand the significance of what this horrible disease has done to my city um i am a houstonian i love my city it's incredible i had the incredible opportunity of being invited to a fundraiser hashtag the red production with bobby and boy and um I like that guy yeah boy's amazing He's <laughs> amazing and what i realized is It's not a gay community's problem. It's a straight community's problem. It's the city of Houston's problem. It's the entire state of Texas and it's the United States. Listen, we are on a quest and now I'm on the committee and I'm co-emcee for their big April 25th event, um, which I'm honored to do, but it's because I'm passionate about making Houston the first no new transmissions City and we're doing it through education. Listen, people, if you would get educated and understand that pregnant women who are HIV positive no longer have to give birth to children who have HIV, thats right that a baby can be born normal and healthy and have an incredible healthy life, you would get behind this cause. If you knew that a husband who's HIV positive could get married to a woman who does not have HIV, could have an incredible relationship and have incredible babies who are healthy, you would get behind this cause. And listen, I've had, heard stories. I've heard stories at the Houston AIDS Foundation literally about a man who cheated on his straight wife and she became HIV positive from one infidelity incident and they wanted to have children. And she said, I, I wrestled with it. And due to amazing strides in medications and preventions, they were able to have a child that is not HIV positive. So incredible things can happen. But people don't realize because they're not educated, they become fearful, fearful of the unknown and not realizing that, Oh, well, I don't need to worry about it. Because my husband doesn't cheat. And we're straight and we're not gay. And I mean, just that whole negative stigma of I mean, I mean, what about herpes? I mean, no offense, but I mean, that is rampant everywhere (laughs) and you know nobody like turns their nose to that if the girl's hot or the dude's hot they don't care about that and that kills me because some of the most incredible people that i've met in my lifetime were were gay Mm -hmm. and so because i was a dancer and i've raised incredible human beings who are like my own sons i never thought about their sexual preference being part of their who they were who their beings were. I never, I was lucky enough to be raised by two incredible parents who never showed me um, like race or sexual gender or preference being something significant. It was about being good human beings. And so I think that transcended into what I do now as a teacher of teaching little boys and little girls and my own sons, uh, my 25 my year old is a professional hip hop dancer, he's traveled all over the country and um and i've had homosexual boys in my house, i've had gay boys, gay girls. i mean, i bring them all in cuz we just all love each other and and my son's like, "you know, mom, it never i never it never faced me that this person was gay. i never realized that they were gay. it was a gay thing." now looking at the gay community and seeing some of my incredible friends lose over 40, 50 friends to hiv, i I'm just I'm heartbroken because I know losing one friend, not my partner, not somebody that I loved, but but somebody that I, was a significant idol in my life, role model, and lose to lose him like that at, at such a young age. I'm like I'm, my heart is heavy, and so I think to myself, if I could help educate the straight community or the the different tiers of. Houston and to understanding that this is, this stigma is horrific. Like these people are in some of the most incredible human beings I've ever met. I want to be around them. I, I, I don't even call them them. They are my friends. I don't even know why I'm calling them them now.
0: But Um, but one thing I really want to make sure that we address is you're talking about them, your, your friends, like having their friends die from HIV. The thing is, is that people don't have to die from it anymore. No. It's so good that you can live a healthy no. life. No, things like, like PrEP. Go you know, I'm going
1: to take and, oh, PrEP. Wait, 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 I'm going to take me. PrEP.
0: I, like, it's, it, there is so many, like that is that is a problem. Like The death doesn't have to happen, but because of the fear and the stigma that's around it, a lot of people don't go get checked. Yes. Guys or girls, it's not a gay issue. It can happen to anybody, especially if you party. You, and I, mean, I have
1: 25-year-old straight girl dancers that I say every six months, go get tested.
0: You and, and if, if, But the stigma, if it's not broken down, and even the people that find out they have it mm-hmm. are afraid to go get medication. Like I can tell you, like having some of the conversations I've had with people about it, they're, they find out that they have HIV, then they're afraid to go get the medication because they're afraid of what some, the, the person behind the counter at Walgreens is going to say to them. Who freaking cares? It'll save your life. Because oh my God. If you don't get the medication, you will die. But if you get the medication, you can live a healthy, freaking happy, joyful life. And I'm proof. I'm proof of it. Yes, it, you are. It, this is why the stigma has got to stop. And here's the other problem we get to create the space for people to just be real and authentic. And yeah, people go through crap, but the longer they live in the shadows, the harder things are gonna be. They're not going to step out of the shadows. They're not gonna get help. They're gonna keep telling themselves they are not worthy of love. They're gonna keep telling themselves they're not worthy of having a happy, healthy relationship. I know because I was that guy for a long time and I'm done doing it. That's why I talk about it the way I do and I'm so happy you're bringing this up because somebody gets to talk about it.
1: And I, you you know, again, God's work. Again, I'm his instrument. A year ago, Joshua, I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure I would talk about it. But today I will talk about it all day long without hesitation.
0: It needs to be talked
1: about. without hesitation. I want to save lives. I want to save that teenage boy or girl that's sitting at Houston AIDS Foundation this weekend getting tested. I want to talk to every single human mom, dad, uh, child out there to realize that, you know, it's, it's a disease that needs to be dealt with that if there are medications educate yourself there's incredible websites omega house a Houston AIDS Foundation there's so many the help is there but it's yeah. that, like you said it's that fear it's that stigma it's that I mean I know friends that go to get tested and ask me to go with them because they're really nervous about the results I will go with them I just don't tell anybody that's what I'm doing. I used to tell people, "Oh, I'm going to go show a house or whatever," but now I'm just like, "I'm going with my friend. She needs some support." Yeah. I, there's no more lying. There's no more hiding behind the curtains, you know, about this disease. It's there. It's prominent. Uh, it's like I said earlier, no longer a gay community disease. It is part of our society. It's part of our um, our city. And I want to make Houston healthier, not just in the mindset, but I want to make Houstonians healthier and more aware that there are medications out there, that there is prevention. There is there, just educate yourself. People really educate because you no longer have to die from HIV.
0: Um, you, you brought up bipolar disorder earlier as well. Mm -hmm. And These are like, again, like people, we all wanna just believe that everything's lily white and perfect. It's it's all, not Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> believe in <it. laughs> Rainbows, it's not, unicorns and rainbows. The beaver, but there's some real issues that make people really, really uncomfortable and it is this conversation and it is the mental health conversation because look, the, here's the facts. We've all been hurt by somebody that has a mental health issue. So there's a stigma right there, like ooh. Sure, but there is a way to get on the other side of all of it. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's medication. Sometimes it's not like I'm not going in this conversation right now. Sure. The fact is we ha- we get to start talking about this stuff because the youth are way more affected than what we really want to realize. And and whether it's because of they've been through all kinds of different types of traumas. We live in a different world now. We do. It, it is it, things have changed but we can't sweep these issues under the rug because if you do it, the longer you sweep it under the rug, it's going to come out like some big freaking monster. and You're not going to be able to stop it.
1: It's yeah, it manifests. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. If you don't, um, if you don't deal with your issues right away and you can hide them, you can surely sweep them Uh, under the rug, but it's going to manifest twofold and become a situation that you're not going to be able to handle by yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: And and that's, that's the issue. I mean, that's what happens with all these people who shoot kids in schools. And I mean, these are children. I mean, we're all sitting around like scratching our heads, like the kid grew up in this perfect house and this perfect life. Like how did he walk into this high school and shoot kids? You know, that's, yeah. that's how that thing happens. Because that little demon got shoved inside and it later manifested itself into a beast that we, he, that person couldn't even control.
0: Yep. I so, mean,
1: those, those beasts lie in all of us. Those little demons lie in all of us. You know, it's just a matter of how we deal with them. And if we deal with them, if we acknowledge them, if we understand them, if we respect them, I understand what's happened in my life. I mean, I have buried a nephew, you know, who was bo- still born. I held death in my hand. I've seen it. It was a really traumatizing time in my life again in my 30s i know what death looks like it's horrific Um, i think that people need to understand that when you can face something face it face it and you no longer have the fear of the unknown then you're you're able to understand it you're able to accept it and understand that you are bigger than any negative fate that can happen you, you're bigger I mean you're going to we're all gonna pass we're all gonna go to a different place whatever your belief is uh, I personally believe I'm gonna go uh, to heaven and be with God but everybody has their own of where they're going and and that doesn't scare me so what excites me is that every day instead of being scared of dying every day I wake up excited to live because just like I know I'm going to die every day. I know I'm going to live every day. I know I'm going to wake up and every time I wake up, it's joyous for me because I'm like, okay, what am I going to do in the next 24 hours? That's going to make a difference in somebody's
0: life. So let's talk about bubble talk. Yes. Tell everybody about your show.
1: Okay. So three things that I'm really passionate about. Anybody who knows me fitness, Fashion, I love clothes, love designers, love the creativity and the, uh, the artistry behind designing clothes and living a very positive and healthy lifestyle. And I think the positive came from all the negative in my 30s. So I was reaching, um, call it the midlife crisis, whatever. I was reaching 50, um, I was in my 40s and I was like, I'm tired of teaching dance, my body hurts. Um, I want to start a new life. I want to do real estate. I've always, I worked for a title company for a while. So I was like always interested in real estate. I'm a people person. I'm going to do something different. So I went from teaching dance 24 seven, one of the highest paid dance teachers in the city, running a successful studio, many years, successful dance company to um, I'm going to start something new. What the heck, you know? And so I go get my real estate license and do real estate. And then six months from there, I realized, okay, this still isn't what, I'm missing some depth. I'm missing, I'm kind of a deep person. I'm missing something. And it wasn't a significant other, it wasn't a man, it wasn't a person in my life. I was like, I'm missing something. So um, I go to talk to someone about social media and selling my stretch videos online. And what I started to realize that there were people who were speaking on camera and talking And having Facebook live shows, and so I was like approached to do one one day, and um, I was on the Wine No Wine show with Joe Orsack, and I was like, I like this. It comes really easy for me. So what I started realizing that if I could inspire people to live healthier, uh, my own family members, I'd already been training people and teaching them how to eat healthy, and you know, I'd tell people my age, and they would be like, what? Shocked and what creams do you use? How do you eat? What do you (laughs) eat? Um, I've always eat really clean and, and just really believe you are what you eat. You know, you, you said on your show that you love tacos. And I almost replied to your show and said, So you're a taco? (laughs) Because you are what you eat, you know, I and I really believe
0: like pizza right now.
1: (laughs) If you if you eat, um, you know, good organic, healthy stuff. That's how you feel. And that's how I that's really how I feel about it. So I started Bubble Talk um, ten months ago with no laptop, no social media, had no clue what I was doing. I have now grown it to twenty thousand views a month. I have three major sponsors. I'm negotiating with three other major sponsors. I've been picked up by New Do TV. It's I'm starting to do what you're doing and starting to make a a television series. So I took a 30 minute Facebook weekly live show and now we're producing it into one hour weekly show on New Do TV. So it's it's a lot of work, Um, but it's something that I'm really passionate about. I've helped uh, women all over the country go from feeling I'm middle aged, I'm divorced, I'm blah, 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 whatever their strife is and up to, you know, get up, Quit dressing like you're 70, put some sexy shit on, work out every single day, walk it like you talk it, get out there because you're beautiful. I, and uh, and that's how I am. I live that way. Like I, when people, when I meet 30 year olds, like look like they're 70, it really freaks me out. Like I have to pull them aside and go, look, we need to talk, (laughs) you know, because I just, I think that women should be sexy until they're 75, maybe 85, I don't know. I'll be pushing it till 95 for sure. But um, <laughs> I just think that we, I think that the society has stigmatized us into thinking that you're only hot when you're in your 20s, and then um, then it's all downhill after that, and surely after
0: you're 50, which
1: I beg to differ. Um, hey, my
0: mom in her 60s, she'd kill me for saying it, but my mom is still a very beautiful woman. My
1: so, mom is 77 I mean, and
0: she's stunning. So yeah.
1: Yeah, I just I just think that women are elegant, they're beautiful. Um, I feel men are too, but I've really focused I feel on like elegant. <laughs> you are. elegant. Joshua. I just think that women um, should really embrace who they are at that moment and not dwell on the past and not think about the future, but really embrace who you are at this moment and be confident, be confident with who you are at
0: this moment. Very cool. So do you have anything you want to promote?
1: Oh, wow. Uh, sure. I
0: so I five. want to promote okay.
1: April twenty fifth. Hashtag the red project. You guys if you're in the Houston area, and you are uh, feeling like you need a little philanthropic bug, if you will, or if you're interested in getting behind our cause, the Houston AIDS Foundation, please reach out to me, you can private message me. I'm also uh, a new member of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. So if you need a home listed, or you need me to help you find your dream home, um, I'm your girl, you know. Really, Joshua. It's, it, and if you look at all my past episodes, I don't, don't really push my personal business just too much because I really believe that my Facebook and my Bubble Talk is really about inspiring. And um, and it's not inspiring in one way. It's just inspiring people to live their fullest every single day and not feel stifled. And not feel like society has put boundaries on us that we have to look and talk and be a certain way, but yet just really find themselves and live outside their current boundaries. And that's really what bubble talk is all about for me is just inspiring people. And and I appreciate you having me on your show. You inspired me. You know, I t- I told you like I after we talked, I, I had to process things. Like it was really it's one of those people that you meet
0: with this guy. <laughs> yeah, no, it was,
1: it was like, we've had some really candid conversation often on camera. And I'm like, wow, I mean, that, you know, when you have that kind of trust with people, it's, it's really, you don't take those type of moments for granted. And I surely did not, but I was just like, wow, this is, this is cool. We're going to be friends. I have a friend now in Beverly Hills. That's super cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, and I have a Texas friend, so that yes, you sense. do. I, I love I love me some Texas. So yes, <laughs> I, look, I am a huge fan. I, I adore you. I'm so blessed that we're friends. Um, I yeah, I just I think the world of you. So I'm really excited. I'd love to have you on again sometime. Absolutely, um, especially when you launch your TV show. Yes, um, really excited for you. And um yeah, so I'm gonna put the links for um the event in April. Sure. Put that in the I would love that. Um, and again, thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Joshua, up. thank
1: you for being a light. Thank you for sharing your, your gift and your work. Your work is relentless. Your transparency is attractive. I appreciate people like you very much. Thank you so much.
0: I love you, Tony. Thank you. I'll see you love soon. You too. Okay. Bye you guys. I love her. She's great um thank you guys so much for the uh joining the show today thank you radio audience podcast audience and uh facebook and youtube um i'm calmed down now if you were here at the beginning of the show i had a little bit of venom for facebook so i was kind of i was kind of mean um but i feel better now (laughs) i'm starting to feel normal um you know, it's, it's really interesting. We start talking about some really heavy subjects sometimes on the show and it makes people uncomfortable. And it's like it's, not, like, it's not the intention to make people uncomfortable because I want people to have a good time and I want people to, to learn and I want people to you know, really understand what's possible. Like I, it, the point of showing some of these uglier subjects is truthfully to show you that no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how bad something hurts, no matter how bad you want to quit, no matter how bad you want to give up, like you can take those moments and shift it and use it for something that you, you get to be grateful for. You can take that moment where you feel like, oh my God, the world's coming at me. You can learn to pause and go, wait a second, there's an opportunity here. Maybe this door is shutting for a reason. Maybe I get to check in and say, you know what, maybe I should remove this from my life. It could be a relationship, it could be a job, it could be alcohol, it could be cocaine, it could be whatever. And so the whole point of going into these really dark places and really painting a picture, like we don't just say molestation on the show, we get into detail, like as much as we really can. And the reason why is because we we, if we just say rape, think about it, how desensitized are we to hearing about the Catholic Church and rape? Like, yeah, it pisses you off every time, like, dead gummit, and like, you just get, like, enough already. But the problem is, it's just like rape, and it's just become a word. It doesn't mean anything. No one, fe- like, I shouldn't say no one, but it's not, if, if, look, if it was affecting us, and as a majority, we were feeling it, guess what? We would riot. We would do something about it. But nothing's happening like no one's standing up to make a change because we've become desensitized to the word. And if we become desensitized to it, then we're not going to change. We're not going to make a change. That's the point of talking about these things. It's to show you that you can overcome everything. Anything that happens in your life, you can overcome it. And you can use it for good. That's the point. And also we talk about it because some things need to be brought to light. Because there's a lot of people living in fear that they're, they're living with secrets that are killing them. And that's, you don't have to. That's why I talk. That's why I feel led to talk about all this stuff. It's not because I want to. The last three days, I'm just like, all I wanted to do is stay in bed. Like, it's wounding. It's not fun. It's not. But you know what? It matters to me because I know what the other side of living in fear looks like. I know what just hating myself and not being able to look in the mirror. Like, I don't want other people to do that. And I can't make right the things I did wrong. I can't change it. But if I can change other people from hurting people, if I can, if I can encourage or empower somebody to live in truth, where they quit keeping that secret, Maybe they can stop the cycle of hurt because the, the, the when, when somebody that's keeping a secret or somebody's hurting somebody, it doesn't just affect that person that's being hurt or the person doing the hurting. It affects so many more people. The ripple effect is insane. So I just want to empower people to live their in truth and and, and to not live in the shadows and, you know, And sometimes it's gonna require talking about some ugly stuff. So, listen, God bless you, Brandon, Samantha, John, uh, Brenton, good to see you. Sharon, always good to see you. Uh, Thank you again, radio audience. Thank you, PSTV. Uh, Thank you, podcast audience and Facebook. I love you guys, God bless. Uh, YouTube, thank you guys. Take it easy. I'm, uh, I'm out. Love you, bye.